Welcome to Tales from the Clit. I'm Stephanie and I'm a sexual educator. Since 1982, over two billion federal dollars have been spent on abstinence education programs. Meanwhile, only 13 states require the information and sexual education programs to be medically accurate. These political choices have a very real effect on the personal lives of individual citizens in the United States. I believe that every sexual encounter is a learning experience, and I believe in the power of storytelling, especially as an educational tool. This podcast is a blatant attempt to mix these two beliefs, in which you and I will be learning about sex through the stories people tell. Listener discretion is advised. Today we're talking to... Susie. And how do we know each other, Susie? We're school friends. And we're going to be talking about... My short and horrifying sex life. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Where do you want to start? Well, the whole story probably takes about 10 minutes. Like, when I say short, it's short. Um, But the first time that I ever had sex, I was 16. And when you say sex, does that mean penis and vagina stuff? Yeah. Like, you know, like the typical, like, 16, this is all that sex is kind Mm -hmm. of sex, right? Like the ones that you see in, like, TV very just like abruptly penis into vagina Mm -hmm. um but I was at like an engineering summer camp and I had no interest in becoming an engineer but my mom told me to go anyways so I went and of course I was like well I'm absolutely bored of everything going on in this summer camp so I'm just gonna start fucking people (laughs) (laughs) was this a conscious yeah. yeah. No, I was like, I had just moved to California. It was like a brand new slate. And I was like, I don't want to be a virgin going into my new high school, you know. And so I found the boy that I thought I was, was cute. Um, we watched porn together. That's kind of how I what knew. What kind it. of porn? Honestly, I don't remember. But it was from like one of our friends that was also at the summer camp. Her porn site on Tumblr. She <gasps> ran her own porn Interesting. site. So yeah. her... Like, performing? Yeah, no. No, she just, like, reblogged okay. porn. And, like, she would, like, create the clips of porn and oh, put it in. okay. Yeah, like, we were all minors at this point, so it would have been really bad if <laughs> yeah. she was doing that. But, yeah, we were all, like, we just were watching the porn together. And, like, even though I hadn't had sex up until that point, I had still known and heard a lot about it. So, like, watching the porn with other people wasn't new to me, right? It was more so being involved in the sex that was new to me um but you know like a couple weeks went by he was honestly he was a hard fish to catch I'll (laughs) put that out there like I feel I think he was interested in somebody else actually and but I was like no you're gonna fuck me (laughs) and you know one of the nights my one of our friends brought in alcohol and of course that's just the perfect potion for sexual activities and I was pretty drunk, and I let him into my room. I laid down, I opened my legs, and I said, let's get started. (laughs) I'm, like, not even joking about that. Yeah, I just, like, I wanted, like, I didn't think that, like, steps before that were necessary, you know? And I just, like, because all I knew was porn. Mm -hmm. And, like, the porn I watched was, it didn't really even have those stories, like, in the beginning. You know, people are, like... Yeah, not even the foreplay, but, like, oh, how did they end up in the house? Like, how did they end up fucking? Like, some people tell me that they that's their favorite part of porn. I find it really boring. I don't the care. The part where they're, like... 
oh, Mr. Pizza Delivery Man, why don't you come inside? (laughs) You know, and so I just was like, there's no foreplay, there's no introductions, you just start fucking. And so I did. And it sucked. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was horrifying. Um, But you know, I also like, I didn't know that there were other things. So you know, my 16 year old brain was like, great, that's what sex is. And, you know, I just, sorry, I feel like that snapping made me lose my train of thought. I'm going to redo that part. (laughs) Like, um, but yeah, that like, you know, I thought that just the abrupt fucking was what sex was, you know, and I didn't really like, even up until I was like 18, like it wasn't like, there wasn't even really making out before the sex happened. It was just like boyfriend came over sex and vagina and and then he came and and he left yeah yeah and i mean on i didn't like him very much so oh he became your boyfriend not that guy oh sorry i jumped ahead sorry (laughs) uh yeah so summer camp ended i strung along a few other guys but didn't have sex with them um and uh yeah so i left summer camp and i moved to socal where I was to start my new school year. And while I was there, about a couple months in, I met this guy, um, and his name is irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he was, like, he was this tall, lanky, white guy, you know, but he had this ginormous dick. Like, it was probably, like, eight or nine inches, very girthy, right? But he didn't know what to do with it. And I feel like a lot of people think, oh, just because you have a big dick, they're automatically good at sex. Yeah. Take it from somebody who was with that big dick for like eight months. It was never good. And it's also not a good starter dick if that's your second person. Yeah. And, you know, I was really good at giving blowjobs. And I was really good. uh, Like, our sex was boring. We only had sex in, like, missionary, to be honest. Like, at the time, I was really uncomfortable with my body and I didn't really want to ever be on top. So, like, our two moves were missionary and doggy style. And, you know, it was like we never really ventured outside that. We never talked about doing anything else. And we never did anything else. Um, and he would always, like, try to, like, make me orgasm, make me feel good, whatever you want to say. But, you know, I, like, I just couldn't with him. You know, it was, like, he would try, and, like, maybe sometimes I would tell him to, like, move or do something different, but it was, like, no matter what he did, it just never got to the point where it felt good, that I felt turned on, that let alone orgasm, right? And I couldn't even masturbate in front of him, you know? And, like, I'm, like, when I masturbate, like, I come in, like, 15 seconds, you know? (laughs) Like, it's, like, a done and done, like, and I can go on for, like, half an hour, and just like have a great time but then when it comes to like being with somebody else like I just feel nothing in terms of masturbating and so you know I never wanted to do that either mind you I was like 17 at this time um and we already avidly masturbating yeah I you know like I even thought that I started late for my friends Mm. like my friends really started masturbating when they were like in sixth or seventh grade whoa and I didn't even know that women could masturbate until literally like the end of my uh, my sophomore year of high school 
Um, but once I found out, yeah, <laughs> it was constant. Um, and like, I kind of thought that because I was doing that a lot by myself that like, I didn't have to ask men to do anything for me, you know? And a lot of them also, like, they kept saying it was gross, which started to make me what think. What was gross? Like, my pussy. <gasps> yeah. And they would, or like, you know, like, like fingering a girl or like, like eating her out, things like that was like gross to them. You know, they're like 16 to 18. But honestly, I met a 21 year old who said the same thing. So, you know, certain men just don't change. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, like. It just made me, like, I got to the point where I was so insecure about having sex because it wasn't feeling good. None of the men were, like, they thought I was attractive, but then when it actually came to making me feel good, they didn't want to or they thought it was gross. And I just started to really internalize that. And I was like, well, am I gross? Like, you know, and I started to, like, look at my body differently, especially my pussy. Like, you know, I would, like, sit in front of the mirror with my legs open and be like, why does it look like that? And, you know, it went like that for a few years, and it wasn't until I really got to college um, and I started having sex again that I, and I was still having bad sex in college, whether it was with, like, men or women. Um, Hold on, I think. (laughs) This is making noise. It's hitting this thing that's... You were not kidding about it being super sensitive. so sensitive. Continue. Okay, so just to reiterate, like, so I'm in college now, right? Still having bad sex. Men and women alike. Uh, I actually did have, like, you know, not all of my sexual encounters have been horrifying, although most of them have been. I had one terrifying encounter. (laughs) Um, But I also had a few good ones. It was never with men, though interesting yeah it was always with women and it wasn't even necessarily that either of us orgasmed during it but it just felt better than with having sex and that could mean it included included toys it could have included um you know just fingering or like you know just doing over the clothing stuff but it always like felt better and like I'm not particularly attracted to like any gender more than another but there was just something, maybe it was because they knew, like, how, like, this kind of body worked more, or maybe they cared more about how I felt, but there was just something that made it better. Do you feel like you can also relax more when you're with? No, but I am, like, I am very controlling, like, a lot of, like, the bullying that I encountered when I was a kid and my dad had a very political position. So it was always like people were always looking at me and like, if I wasn't looking a certain way, acting a certain way, like then it presented problems. And so I've always been very controlling over how I look and how people see me. Um, And so like that comfort never really changes with whom I'm with. Um, But that's more of just because of how, like, I have to constantly be in control. Um, so, yeah. I keep hitting things. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. You were like, oh, it picks up hand movements and feet movement. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Um, that was me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're making me feel better. Um, but, 
yeah, the last time I had sex before, like, I've been taking, like, an emotional and sexual journey for myself, and part of that journey has not been having sex, because it's just not worth it to have sex if it's not going to be good sex, in my opinion, and... And do you already know it's going to be bad sex? Well, it's not that I know it's going to be bad, it's that I know I have trouble asking people for what I want. And until I'm in a position where I can do that, especially, like, in relationship to my body, um, then I just, like, know that it's going to be bad because I won't be able to communicate with the person on what I want, what I don't want, um, if I'm uncomfortable, things like that. Um, And That's so mature. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. (laughs) I'm trying. Um, And, yeah, because for me it's, like, I don't, like, I don't get horny all that often either, which I feel like makes it a little easier to not have sex. Like, some of my friends tell me they just get this overwhelming need to be fucked. And maybe it's since I, like, because I used to be really horny too, but, like, I got an IUD. And ever since then, like, I feel like I just haven't, needed sex as much I actually wanted to like perform a little experiment because my IUD is expiring like I actually had it in for five years wow isn't that really like yeah people always tell me that they never get past like a year I've had it for five (laughs) y'all I'm going on three yeah and so like just for literally the past like four or five years I've had this IUD like I've really noticed like a decrease in sex drive and I don't know if it's because I kind of came to the realization that the sex I was having is bad or that I was kind of like going through like an identity crisis or if it's really because of this IUD because I've heard other people tell me their libido has like gone down since they got their IUD um so if that's happening to you check that out (laughs) (laughs) not really I go back and forth because I'm Mm -hmm. also on other medication yeah so I go back and forth between being like a horny little monster or just like don't even look at me like no nothing yeah like I've had like other friends tell me that too like but I I feel like it really depends on the person like they don't there's not a lot of research if any like in this specifically and like doctors aren't really helpful when it comes to that kind of thing um but anyway so my last sexual experience experience was also horrifying um and i so i invite this guy over who happens to be my mom's roommate but yeah how old is he he's 22 okay my mom's like 60 so it was it was a little weird but more weird that my mom chose that guy (laughs) as her roommate but so you know I was like he's really cute and like I felt it like I felt that he was interested in me and he was kind of like he smoked weed which is like if you don't smoke weed you're not gonna fuck me um because like we're gonna be doing that before (laughs) during and after (laughs) like um but so you know he kind of like just hit all the check marks on what I'm interested in so which usually doesn't happen I'm a very picky person but for him it did happen to happen and so you know we're flirting and stuff like that and I invite him over to my place because I'm not gonna fuck in my mom's house because that's weird ever since I've moved out it's just weird yeah um so I invite him over to my place and we like we just start smoking a lot and like I thought my tolerance was higher I also didn't want him to think that like I couldn't keep up with him So I was smoking more than I should have, and I end up getting really stoned. And, 
he like he tells me his poetry that he had written which was like mediocre but I wasn't gonna say that (laughs) at the time right um and we end up starting to watch this action movie that I thought was really boring so I was like can we skip this movie and just go into my bedroom like I literally said that yeah I'm a very upfront person (laughs) (laughs) um and so you know we move into my bedroom and you know I'm like stoned at this point probably shouldn't be having sex with a stranger kind of thing um and but you know like at the time like it's just sometimes when you're on drugs, you aren't aware of how many drugs you're on. And unless there's a sober person in the room, it can be really hard to gauge. And so, like, like I invited him into my bed. And, like, I said yes and everything like that. So, like, I don't think that it was, like, necessarily an unconsensual sex act. But it was more so that he wasn't listening to me during the sex. That was, like, a big no-no for me. So, you know, we get into the room, and he just wants to, like, shove his dick in my pussy, and I'm not feeling that. I'm like, you need to, like, you need to go downstairs, you need to, like, you need to eat me out, you need to do something. Like, yeah. um, you need to finger me, you need to do something, right? And he did that exact same thing that those 16-year-old men did, uh, not even men, boys, where they were like, oh, but it's just so gross. You know, I don't like how the pussy tastes, you know? Ugh, I just don't want to put in the work, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I stood up for myself, which I was very proud about because yes. previously I wouldn't have even done that. Um, but I was like, no, like, if you want to have sex with me, you need to go down on me. So he goes down and he's like nowhere even near the clitoris. <laughs> like, like he literally, it felt like he was going everywhere except for where he was supposed to be going. Um, and also personally, I just don't think the tongue has enough, like, friction to make things happen so I prefer when people use their hands um but he's just like he wasn't listening like you know I had said this and he just wasn't listening and so after like not even two minutes he looks up at me and he goes you good (laughs) yeah he really says you good and I was just so tired of trying to like get him to do something that he wasn't gonna do and you know I was really high and I was just like, fine, just fuck me, just get this over with. But, and like, he had the lights off, which like, if a guy turns the lights off, like, that's a red flag, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm like, you're you're hiding something from okay. me. Right? What happened? Well, it was just like, nothing involving like, the lights happened, but it was just like, he, like, first off, I couldn't really even tell if he was wearing a condom. Oh. Like, I'm pretty sure he was, because I'm pretty sure we had a conversation about it. But, like, it still didn't feel like he was wearing one. And the lights were off. So, I, like, so even though, like, he opened the condom wrapper, like, I didn't really have, like, visual proof that it was on his penis. Uh, So, you know, like, we get started. And I was just, I was still so dry, despite his very lacking attempt to get me wet. Despite. (laughs) Despite. And so, you know, I'm just, like... Literally, like, he comes within, like, four minutes. And I know this because he told me afterwards. <laughs> he timed himself? He was like, how long do you think that was? I think it only lasted, like, four minutes. I was like, I don't think this is something you want me to know. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's, like, literally not even, like, two minutes fast. And he's like, you ready for round two? And I just look at him and I go, get out of my room. <laughs> I just like, I, I just was so disgusted at that point. I didn't even, I didn't say anything else. I was just like, you need to leave. And he kept asking me why. He said that he was having such a good time and things like that. And I was just like, no, you need to leave. 
And the only way that I was really able to, like, get him out of my apartment was if I, like, promised to, like, text him and, like, hit him up tomorrow, which I didn't. Ghosted him. (laughs) Um, But, like, as we were leaving, he, like, he's like, well, can I have a hug to go? And I was just like, will it make you fucking leave? So I give him a hug. Wait, did you say that? No, I didn't. (laughs) But I was thinking it. Um, And I had to call him a lift, too. So I paid. paid. I paid for his (laughs) lift. And, um, and so, you know, he leans down to like, give me a hug cause he's probably, he was like six foot three and I'm like maybe five, seven. Right. So he was like quite a bit taller than me. So he like leans down over me and grabs my ass and like squeezes it twice before leaving. Mm. And I'm just like, did you like not get the vibe that that's really not what I wanted? And men are just as I say, horrifyingly oblivious. Yeah. And like horrifying doesn't necessarily mean scary. Like, cause like I have had one or two scary encounters when it comes to sex, but it more so means that it it wasn't working out for you. And that like, I would say like a little more disgusted with just how the men were acting you know and so while like I wasn't ever like fearful of my life in those situations it was just it was annoying it was shocking to see how little the men cared for how I was feeling during the sex you know and so yeah ever since ever since that last guy I have like not had sex with a guy you know I told myself no more one night stands with men you know, no more having sex two weeks into a relationship, you know, when you've only been on, like, one or two dates. Um, and how long ago was that? It's probably been, like, a year. Okay. And, like, I've done other things. Like, like not that often. Because uh, I'm just, like, with school, with, like, work, with, like, trying to, like, you know, be a better version of myself. Like, I just don't have time to be, like, playing around with some people that, like, don't really care. Um... But it, it does get to the point where it's a little frustrating when I am like, oh, man, you know, like, I do miss having sex or I do, like, I want to be in a relationship. And then you sit down and you just realize that nobody is at the same level of maturity, of, like, understanding, of want, or of whatever as you are. And you're just like, well, shit, did I get a little too mature? <laughs> like, that's kind of how I feel right now. Like, I don't even want to put up with people. I feel that way too sometimes. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, what did you learn from those experiences? But you got it. Like you nailed it. (laughs) Like that's so introspective and that's awesome. I learned that really like you can make yourself feel really good. And that until other people want to make you feel as good as you make yourself feel, it's not worth it. And like... Yeah, and if you're really good at masturbating like I am, then you're never going to find a person. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to end on. Tales from the Clit was recorded at the Ethnography Lab at UC Riverside in collaboration with the Cultural Media Archive. You can follow me, Stephanie, at Sex at Steph, and this podcast at underscore Tales from the Clit on Instagram. And you can send any questions to our email, talesfromtheclitoris at gmail.com.
If, for any reason, you were triggered by content in this episode or need resources to deal with sexual violence, then contact the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Hotline at 1-800-656-4673 or find it at www.rain.org. Or call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or find it at www.thehotline.org. Media Archive.